Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this season of The Deep. We'll be here in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, I'm going to be resharing some of my absolute favorite episodes. You can subscribe to The Deeper membership where I post a new episode every single fortnight, even while we're on break. There's links to that in the show notes to subscribe on your Apple Podcasts or on Android with Acast Plus. I hope you love this episode from the archives. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I mean, we also organize parties where Lawrence and I are both there together and we sort of once we're in, it was like, okay, we've got like all these amazing, beautiful people that we want to play with, we want to interact with. I will see you halfway, Mark, um, and I'll see you at the end. So it's kind of like enjoy the moment um, and come back and let's talk about it. And generally, like, I think we went home and had sex as well after we'd had sex with like six or seven other people because we were like, that was so hot. (laughs) Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. We've all heard of swingers, right? But what do they actually do? Who are these people? My immediate thought is of the cliche. Keys in the bowl, middle-aged couples, maybe they're now empty nesters, looking for something to enhance the next stage of life. But is this cliche true? What are the rules? What are the boundaries? And what's the reality of being a swinger? Guys, I am probably overly excited about this interview today. We are entering into the world of swingers. Can you please introduce yourselves and your business for everyone listening? Yeah, of course. So I'm Jess and my partner, Lawrence. Hello. (laughs) Um, We uh, own Our Secret Spot, which is a swingers club in Sydney. Um, we have had the business for almost seven years now. Golly. Okay. This is my first threesome. <laughs> Does this start for you guys as a personal journey? What you were interested in behind closed doors? And then it just developed into being a business? That's essentially how it started. Yeah, that's essentially what it is, is a personal interest, then a lack of just the venues in Sydney at the time weren't up to what I thought they could be, up to standard. Uh, so I thought I might as well open my own because I think I could do a better job. And here we are seven years later. This is our first three-way conversation on the deep. So I have to apologize up front if there's a bit of talking over each other, but I did need to have you both on 
Because there's kind of two levels to this conversation, which is being in the swingers lifestyle as a couple. And I just wanted to talk about the dynamics of that eventually. Can we start though, by breaking some of the misconceptions around swinging and forgive me for being such a cliche or giving a stereotype, but there's kind of this idea of these frumpy middle-aged people that are stale in their lives or marriages And they all go to someone's house and throw keys in a bowl and then bump uglies. But you guys are really attractive and young. Like, are we missing something here? Are there a lot of young people in the lifestyle or is it an older demographic? Uh, Well, firstly, thank you for calling us uh, beautiful. I appreciate that. (laughs) Secondly, uh, yes, that is... um, it is a massive misconception about the, the swinging lifestyle, um, mostly perpetrated by the media, which, you know, in movies and TV and anywhere you kind of hear about swingers, um, you kind of get this, yeah, old, older, middle-aged to older couples, stale in their marriage, throw keys in a bowl and then, yeah, go to someone's house and wife swap is a term you hear a lot as well. But in the, the real world in present day Australia and Sydney, that's not how it works. Um, there is a, there is a, a lot of younger people out there looking to, um, try something else, try something a little bit different. And this is a way for them to explore their sexuality in a safe, um, environment. So for you two together, Jess, how did you go from? I've started to see this guy, Lawrence. He's really handsome. I'm into him. Like who was into swinging first and who introduced who? So basically um, Lawrence was the one who introduced me into the lifestyle and he was kind of the person who held my hand through it and um, showed me the ropes essentially. Into like the first couple of dates, he was very um, open about wanting to open a swingers club. So he discussed that pretty much from the get-go, um, that that was one of his um, goals that he wanted to do and his next business ambition. Did you even know about this world or did he complete? were you even interested? I'd not heard about what this particular lifestyle was. Um, I didn't know a definition. Um, to me, because I was 20 when I got introduced to it, I just thought it was basically just sleeping around. And that's not true. Definitely not that at all. Um, So I find, especially in this lifestyle, I've built stronger and better relationships and connections sexually and emotionally because of the level of understanding you get from when you get to meet a couple. Um, It's not like behind closed doors. It's not a secret. Like you get to feel and express everything. Um, So it definitely was not a sleeping around sort of lifestyle. Do you have boundaries when it comes to sex in the club or with other partners? Like what are the rules between you two? Uh, So between Jess and I personally, the rules are uh, we need to know what's happening um, and at least with who. So, you know, we can sort of say I know where where, where Jess is or she knows where I am. The only other essential rule is uh, use protection, as in condoms or whatever. Okay, so if you're at work, Jess, yeah, and 
you get caught up in a moment and do you have to just like quickly tell Lawrence or text him if he's not there? Yeah, so it's more just a check-in for us. So just to, it's kind of like a safety check-in, just making sure, you know, if anything were to happen, our, like our primary or our partner, Lawrence, would know. Um, so it's like, we're not, um, we're not going to be like saying no, or you can't do that. It's more just to, um, just to keep the other informed and obviously to keep them involved in our life. So this one's for both of you, but I'm going to start with you, Lawrence. Do you ever get jealous or triggered? Like what if there's a guy that's got a bigger penis or like, she seems like (laughs) you're in the room and like, she's real, like, it's like out of control. You've never seen her like that before. Is there something that you're like, oh, I don't know if I want, I don't feel good anymore. Or like, let me come into the situation. Like, how does that Mm. work? Or how does that come up? I don't get jealous very often, if I'd say ever. Um, I don't know, Jess, if you can, if you can remind me of a time I've gotten jealous over something with you, let me know. Um, It comes from, uh, you know, security in yourself and security in relationship. Uh, I find that jealousy, it it can be sort of a a quick response to something that you're seeing that you're not quite happy with, but like the the flow-on effects of jealousy, like getting upset and having a tantrum or pulling someone out of that situation is kind of the the negative um, reaction to that emotion. Uh, It's like, and drawing back, it comes from inner security to yourself. So I'm, I'm, you know, there might be a guy out there with a, with a bigger penis. There might be, he might do something different to, to, uh, with Jess that she enjoys a lot. But in that, it's like, well, I can say, well, she's having fun. I enjoy when she has fun. It's, it's, it's a term called compersion, drawing pleasure from other people's pleasure. Uh, similar to like, you know, you see, um, you, you go to a, a kid's birthday party, they're blowing out the cake and they're so happy. They go to their friends and they're in cake. You don't feel upset or angry that that kid gets to have cake and is happy. You, you're, you're happy for them. So it's kind of something similar to that. Um, and in, if they are doing something that I haven't seen before, okay, how do you do that? Let's, let's, let's learn. <laughs> we can. <laughs> Let me try. Show me. <laughs> Jess, would you say that one of you gets, someone gets more of other people than the other partner? Um, We were literally just talking about this the other day, um, saying that we've both been equally getting pretty much the same amount of sex from both sides. Um, To be honest, it's pretty equal, um, but we don't really tally it. So I don't go, well, Lawrence has gone out on a date this week, so I need to go out on a date. Um, It doesn't. I think we just, we don't look at it being Lawrence gets more girls or I get more guys. It's just sort of, we had a really great week with, you know, three or four people. Lawrence saw three and I saw like one guy this week. Um, so it's to me, um, and you can correct me, Lawrence, but it's pretty equal. And I mean, we also organize parties where Lawrence and I are both there together and we sort of once we're in, it was like, okay, we've got like all these amazing, beautiful people that we want to play with, we want to interact with. I will see you halfway, Mark, um, and I'll see you at the end. So it's kind of like enjoy the moment um, and come back and let's talk about it. And generally, like, I think we went home and had sex as well after we'd had sex with like six or seven oh, other people because we were nine, like, that was so hot. <laughs> so hang um, on, that's it. I've got so, I was so many questions. So <laughs> do you have sex together with others? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. And then how much sex are you both having with each other and then with other people in a week? I'm so fascinated. I would say that we probably have sex with each other as much as we have sex with other people. Would you say that, Lawrence? Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah, obviously, given any given day, any given week. But yeah, it's essentially, yeah. it's essentially that. Yeah. Are you having sex every day? I wish, no, not every no. day. <laughs> we don't have the time to do that. <laughs> I'm wondering. So, what what's a week like? Like, what's give me a tally? What's a good? What's an average week? Sex between us is probably like two to three times, maybe. But so I'm not talking about like when it's just you and me, no one else in the room, or even close to being in the room. Um, <laughs> and then when other people are around, yeah, that might make up, you know, another maybe one or two times. Wow. It's very active. It's alive. Yeah. <laughs> but we're active. Obviously, sometimes we get tired. Like sometimes we won't do anything with anyone for a while. I think, you know, it just happens as to say that a month goes by and you haven't met anyone or made any plans with anyone because we've got other things to do. We've got work to do. We've got this and that. We have we have a life just like everyone else does, whether you're trying to balance your work, family, all the rest of it, um, and having fun sometimes falls by the wayside, which is sad, but we try, we do our best to make sure we have as much as we can. I want to do like a role play, okay? So okay. I so am um, yeah, <laughs> a different kind. I am oh, okay. the, uh, I'm the newbie that is um, interested in this uh, lifestyle. And I log onto the website and I see that you have weekly events and I book in. Um, I'm just going to ask you questions throughout the role play, okay? So how much does it cost me to come? Ooh. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. Uh, <laughs> attend, attend. <laughs> Beg my pardon. Lawrence, you dirty uh, the, <laughs> Sorry. The price of admission to the club does vary on the night and who is coming. So if you're coming as a, a couple, so, so if you and your partner are coming, um, that can range from 135 online to 150 if you pay at the door. And mm-hmm. if you're coming on your own, Jess, remind me of the prices, I forget. So a single girl online is $35 um, or $50 at the door. Um, We do also allow um, approved single men. Um, So when I say approved, we have an application process, um, but it's like two very easy questions for guys to fill out um, and then send through an application. Um, um, Those single men, it's $100 for entry, but it's all pre-approved tickets. So we don't do single guys on the night. What, um, so why do, why is there a difference between genders? Uh, the difference between genders is because unfortunately the situation we find ourselves in all too often with our club and many other clubs is men sometimes act in a predatory manner when they think that it's just a free for all for sex. So we set mm. a higher, we set a higher entry barrier to entry both in price and in terms of the hoops they have to jump through to get in on their own um it's not ideal but it's just we've we've trialed all the other ways of making it fair making it the same and too often we end up in a situation where we've got a problem where 
men who are coming in 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 this mindset of I'm coming in to and there are going to be women here to service me and I'll do what I want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, ha- we, have to, we have to work hard to weed them out. So seeing it more as like sex workers versus people coming for the lifestyle. Correct. Correct. And I think also, so making that price point, so I think because it is such a common thing within the lifestyle, people know that men can be so predatory um, when they come by themselves that the single men that we do have attending the venue are so respectful. They're so um, understanding. They've either A, been with like partners before or they've been in the lifestyle for a bit. Even the new ones that come and apply, um, the words respect and like just understanding that they could just come there for a night to just talk with people and interact with like-minded people and that sex always isn't always on the table for them. Um, so it's sort of just filtering out and making sure that we do get the right vibe and people in the venue. What are those two questions for the men? Um, so if they've had any experience before um, and what they would be bringing to the table. So like what would um, them, what would them having them at the club, what would that bring? Interesting. Okay. So I get there, right? And I'm a little bit nervous. What does the venue look like? Is it, I'm, can I just tell you what I'm envisioning? Yeah, of course. Like a lot of velvet, maroon walls, chairs, lounges, like big curtains, some gold accents, like very rich and like sexual, like vibe. I mean, you're not completely wrong. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's definitely got a very alluring and sensual vibe. Um, So basically when, if you're new, you're walking up to the door, we do have a big curtain on entry. Um, So you'll be greeted by a door hostess or a host um, and they will basically greet you, go through the ground rules with you before you enter um, and then you'll walk in. Um, you are correct also about having the lounges. So once you walk in, our ground level is like the lounge and dance floor area. So there's big Chesterfield couches. There's a beautiful but mural leather. with this. They're not velvet. Uh, they're not velvet, no, unfortunately. Easier not. to clean. They yeah, are okay. indeed. Um, <laughs> we have like the pool table. You have um, a beautiful like artwork all over the walls. Um, so it kind of gives you that feeling and like sensation that you're kind of in a normal lounge area so it's not too out of the normal um it kind of relaxes people once they come in and is there a bar and how do you view drugs and alcohol there is a bar that's the first thing you encounter as you walk through the curtain and it's just on your right um we do monitor people how much they're drinking just because we we have a duty of care as well in terms of people drinking too much we don't want them falling down the stairs or doing something they would otherwise regret if they weren't so drunk. Mm. Uh, okay. So, yeah, we have to keep an eye on that. How many people are there and what are the ratio from men to women? So on any given night, there can be, uh, we have 82 people currently. <gasps> Whoa, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Um, and the ratio is fairly even at 50-50 uh, men to women. So if I walk in and I have my, you know, glass of wine to chill out and then um, like are is there rules? Like am I, can I just talk to people or are there signals where people are like um, do, having sexual intercourse and like maybe they don't want me to 
intrude or maybe like how do I know if people are like welcoming to that like what if sure. how do you read it how do you read the room we give a tour um for any newbies that come in so if you came in Zoe by yourself and you're like we can see you're trembling a little bit we'll spend a little extra time with you to make sure you're okay um we explain all these things like etiquette general etiquette um we also have a few um actual physical things you can do at the club to signify what you're interested in like so if you're having sex with someone you want them to watch but you don't want them to actually interact with you in any other way is in our private rooms we have chains on the door so you can just put up a a chain between the barrier uh the threshold so that is obviously a non-verbal way of people can see into the room Mm. but they're not they can't they don't just walk into the room to try and join in Either that, you could either close the door. Um, and saying hello to people, we encourage everyone to say hello to everybody. Uh, but saying hello and having a chat uh, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have sex with that person. And that's something we, we work hard to try and uh, dispel as a myth where people think just because you walk in and the first person you, you make eye contact with, well, you're dropping your pants with them. <laughs> it's not like yes. that. Everyone has Everyone has choice and consent. Um, you have your own voice and it, it must be respected at all times. Um, and it generally is. Occasionally you get someone who's you get like, you know, they have a bit too much to drink and they get a bit silly and the staff will deal with them. But that doesn't happen very often at all. It's, it's about making people feel they have a safe space to explore themselves. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is maybe a little bit of an old wives' tale, but I had heard growing up that if you were in the supermarket and you had bananas in yeah, the front this one, of yeah. the trolley, you're looking, right? And so it's yeah. almost like if you go to the club and you're saying hi to everyone and it can be and everyone's in a bit of a flirty mood, mm. what is the signal for like I want you? Do you just say that? You can just say that, and I, I think that would probably be the best way. It's like, hey, I'm interested. Like, would you like to go upstairs and play or something like that? Um, just being upfront about it. Um, and then it just comes down to general uh, flirting and seduction generally, like whether you're in a club or not. You can, you know, you can often get a vibe that then I think this person is interested in me, and obviously as the tension builds, you go, okay, there's definitely something there. Uh, and we still uh, advocate you have a – actual dialogue about consent like I would like to blah 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 with you is this okay and then you can go from there okay so Jess if I brought my boyfriend or my girlfriend with me or my husband or wife and I am interested in somebody do I say do you do you have is it quite an open dialogue in there where you would say look um, I'm with my I brought my partner they're happy to kind of watch or are you interested in engaging with both of us? Like, is it quite 
open with the communication or are people sensitive not to hurt people's feelings like oh I'm really more into your husband than you or you know like is a bit of that going on um I would say it's a little bit more open than the normal um there definitely is times where people get a little bit nervous because it is definitely a hard subject to broach and be like hey look I'm really only interested in you is it okay if just we play and then your husband and my husband just watch um I mean people are so um liberated and open in the club so it they will be very communicative about talking to you and telling you exactly what they're there for and what they're comfortable with. Um, mm. So, I mean, yeah, it's probably a little bit more um, freeing when people say um, exactly what they want. Um, but you do also find people in the club are much more approachable than they are in, say, a normal um, bar or a club, um, just because I think the environment creates that openness. And so if I was like, um, say I wanted to have a lesbian experience and I hadn't done that before um, and I was looking for women, do I also say things like I'm happy to perform oral sex and you to perform oral sex or do you allow things to just happen and then discuss it as it plays out? Or is it better to say to a guy, oh, I don't do anal or how do you find in your experience the best way to manage your boundaries? Um, so I would always communicate everything that I'm comfortable with because there's definitely times, so going off the whole lesbian experience or the girl on girl, um, there is definitely times where I'm just vibing with girls and I really just want to have a one-on-one girl moment. So I would definitely walk up and be like, look, I'm just playing tonight with girls. Um, maybe next time we can play as a partnership. However, I just want to play with you tonight. Does that work for you? Um, if it's something like um, me and my partner only play in the room, for example, um, he doesn't have to play if you guys are uncomfortable, but we just have to, like, I, our rule is that he's always in the room with us. Um, I mean, there's a variety of rules and um, ways that people interact with each other, and it's probably always best um, to communicate everything. Even if it's, like, Lawrence and I, obviously our only rules is just know where each other are and protection. Um, so we're pretty fluid with like going up to couples and talking to them and interacting. Um, but we've kind of done it for the seven years, so seven or eight years. So we have an easy way of just rolling off the tongue. Whereas newbies, it's a little bit more daunting. So as long as you're covering everything, because you don't want to go into something and freak out because, oh, wait, that's not what we discussed. Um, and then have a bit of a freak out. I mean, they're completely normal, but you prefer to eliminate that from happening. What if, so I'm going, I'm in the club and I meet somebody and then we're together, but I, they, they, you know, they're a bit smelly. Um, <laughs> you have like a bathroom where they can freshen up or maybe they've had sex with one person and they're very sweaty or, or they smell like someone else's vagina. And then you're like, oh, I want a fresh start. Do you have somewhere <laughs> they can bathe and freshen up between partners? Yeah, so we have multiple showers around the club in in one of our the open play space. We have a, a huge sort of it's uh, very over the top shower area. You know, you can have there's three shower heads. It's huge. It's it's like three by three meters. You can walk in and you know people have a group shower if you want to. So yeah, um, obviously cleanliness is next to godliness, and so we we advocate <laughs> everyone like be 
be dirty, but be clean while you're doing it, you know? (laughs) Yes. Hygiene is um, up there. No one wants stinky breath or stinky armpits, right? That's correct. (laughs) I mean, some people are into stinky armpits. That's a thing as well. I mean, there's there's another fetish. The pheromones and all that, but yeah, me personally, I'm I'm always conscious of that, and I, you know, I always shower in between partners, um, and uh, making sure that everything is uh, good to go in the nether regions because you don't want to you don't want to get that reputation either. It's like, oh, that guy. <laughs> what if I'm there and um, I, I've come back a couple of times now, and I'm, you know, getting more adventurous, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I just feel like an orgy. But I'm not sure. Is there orgy nights or is there like um, things can just escalate or can I go around to everyone in the club and say, look, I've got a, an objective for a big orgy. Who's in? Meet you over there in 10 minutes. Like what would happen with that? I mean, most events I would say are orgy events because it does generally have a lot of couples who do all play together. And my idea of an orgy is six people or more. Um, so, I mean, if you collect it all, like you could do any of those options that you basically said, you could go around and say, Hey, look, I'm really in the mood to have sex with multiple people. And you walk up to like three or four couples and go, Hey, we're going upstairs. Would you like to join us? Um, more often than not, those couples would be like, that'll be great. There's like two or three couples in that little section that I'd love to play with. Um, so it's kind of, orgies are very, um, easy to sort of start and initiate because if you just talk to a, a couple couples and go hey look we're doing this join us upstairs most couples would be like that's a great idea let's get the party started and in saying all that like our club is uh, separating into uh, two types of areas there's obviously the socializing area which is the bar pool table dance floor and the lounges where everyone can just chit and chat but the player is separated in themselves into two types of areas there is the the, the orgy area. So on any given night, like Jess is saying, people there will be probably an orgy going on just simply because of the numbers in that room. Um, but there's also those private, we have a private area as well. So where, where I mentioned before, you can go into a room and close the door and have that space between uh, just for you and your partner or maybe a third or a fourth Um so it's really up to you what you what you want to do on any given night. It's it's usually doesn't have to be pre-planned like that. You can if you want to have an orgy on your first night or your tenth night, you can do that because there will be people it's in there. That. Yeah, it's there. People are down for orgies anytime. Pretty much. <laughs> okay, good to know. But not all people are down for orgies. Yes, it's personal. These play areas, do they have themes? Like if you're if you've got a kink or you're into being spanked or tied up or you're into I don't know, um, you you know more than me, but do you have um specialty areas? Yes, we do. Um so we do have a, a third play area which is our dungeon area, which is literally in the basement of the building. Um so there's three levels to the club. Um so on the basement level is the, the dungeon space which has um sp- uh, all the equipment that you, you'd want for like spanking and rope tying and um, blindfolding. Uh, there's a, a thing called a St. Andrew's cross, which is just essentially a big X um, held up against the wall, which you can restrain someone against. Wow. Okie dokie. And what age are we talking here? Like what is the ages that you kind of have seen in the club? And then what's your average age? 
So our average age is probably mid-30s, um, but however, we do get um, ages from early 20s to uh, late 50s. So age to us is really just a number. Um, we go off people with like the way that you your attitude is. So a 50-year-old could be just as fun to play with as a 20-year-old, just depending on how their vibe and their attitude is towards everything. And do you, like, this is a, I mean, going to be a tricky question, but do you accept perverts? Not, I, there's nothing wrong with perverts. I'm totally, yeah. I, I love perverts, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it's a type of person that maybe just wants to jerk off in the corner versus really engage, you know? I mean, yes, like we, we're not um, selective on like what type of experience people want to have at the clubs. Like there are definitely couples who just want to watch a whole bunch of things happening and then go and play separately by themselves. Um, or they have, there's a girl who's, you know, super, super nervous and it's her first time as a single girl and she just wants to watch everyone enjoying themselves and she might go home and just, you know, play with her toys um, and re- relive all those moments that she watched. Um, so it's kind of people do also come for the live action, I guess you could say. It's mm. almost like live porn, um, and that for them is stimulation enough. Right. So you don't actually have to do anything. You can just go and watch. Correct. Um, most people is that's something that we always kind of recommend for a first time. Like we recommend coming and watching. And then if you are comfortable, then jump into it um, because it's easier to progress forward rather than take two steps back and start again. Um, so, I mean, full, go full steam ahead, like always recommend jumping in, but just do it at a pace that you're both comfortable with. So if that means both of you come in and you go with the expectation of just watching, and then if, for instance, a couple just takes your fancy, then you can discuss on the night and be like, look, let's get into it. Let's play. So if this party starts at 8.30, what, how long do I have to have sex with everyone? Like what time do I wrap up? Uh, so we close at 3 a.m., um, which isn't a nice long time for everybody. Um, majority of the crowd do get there before 9.30, 10 o'clock. Um, and generally the peak of the party is happening. Um, when I say peak, people are playing um, by midnight. Okay. And do you only have like a couple of stragglers at three or is it still kind of people are having a great time still? It's dependent on the night. Like sometimes we have couples who start at 12 and they want to play until one and then they have their water break and then um, by 2.30 they're at it again. Um, But then there's also nights where people come in and they start playing at like 10 o'clock and then they're done by one and they're like, look, we're packing up and we're going home. It's so funny because you say water break and that I'm pregnant so it means a very different thing to me (laughs) right now than to your clients. Yeah. What is it like for your staff members they do get hit on. Um, so, yeah, our staff, firstly, our staff are all great. Um, and, yes, we do have a conversation with them about, like, you know, it's going to be a, a sexual environment. Obviously, be prepared to have people try and woo you and pick you up because a lot of people get off on the idea of getting, uh, you know, the, the forbidden fruit where it's like you're yes. the staff member you're not supposed I'm not supposed to be hooking up with you but if I can seduce you that's kudos to me kind of thing uh, um, and it happens a lot where the staff are like they oh do they get a do they get a, a lunch break or something you know <laughs> one in the morning it's like <laughs> um, we try to just put um, encourage our staff we want to be professional we want to be 
courteous to everyone. We're, at the end of the day, we're still providing a service um, and we have to be there to manage that. It's like we can't be effective team if we're all upstairs going at it and then nobody's manning the, yeah. the bar or the door. So, <laughs> Sure. So how, what, like what kind of staff do you have? you have a bartender? Do you have security? What are, are people like cleaning up after other people? What are their roles? Their roles are all in one. So, you know, all our staff can basically do everything in the club. Uh, most of the time we're, we're preparing drinks for people because that's the primary uh, effort, at least in the first part of the night. Um, then the second part, everyone turns into sort of a, a cleaner, like we're just in terms of like we're just picking up and tidying things and straightening it up. You know, a room might get used and, you know, sheets need to be changed. Our staff have to go in and do that. And then at the end of the night, we're just, you know, back to hosting and um, seeing people out and making sure that they're all happy and okay and, you know, what their experience was like and, and welcoming them back for the next one. So just these staff members are seeing sex yes yes um so definitely um either people in sexy outfits or the full throttle sex um they pretty much see everything from the beginning middle and the end wow do they ever say like okay look i've been now i've been working here i kind of am interested can i come back on my day off uh, yeah, so some of them do um, have specific nights where they have nights off to come and, I guess, join in on the party. Um, each one of our staff members is very unique um, in the way that they approach the lifestyle. So we have somebody who's bi, um, we have a, somebody who's poly, we have another couple just monogamous. However, they love being in the lifestyle and, you know, talking with people who are open-minded. So each one of our staff members is a little bit different in how they approach the lifestyle Um, and definitely do when they get the time off, like, to join in. Is there, Lawrence, a responsibility to the person who is, you know, uh, expelling bodily fluids to take care of that? Yeah, we that's part of our tour as well. We ask that everyone just be neat and tidy as best as they can, just, you know, tissues or we provide towels, just... uh, be considerate of others, not just of the staff, but someone who's going who's going to be using the room after you. You know, it's sort of the staff. We we try and do our best to tidy up everything, but obviously we can't be everywhere at once. Um, and people who, you know, look after the this play space are definitely going to be much more favoured than anyone else. And Jess, how does that work with COVID? For COVID, our COVID safe plan um, was approved to have eighty two people, so we follow the four square meter rule. Um, and mm-hmm. then we just have rooms um, like this is something that we implemented. We each room is dedicated to how many people can fit into that room safely. Um, we also have like hand sanitizers, uh, individual lube sachets. So um, we've made like little extra things inside the club just to make it extra, I guess. Clean. Yeah, beautiful. And then. We've covered a lot, but what what are some other misconceptions that you like to dispel in the community? One of the big ones is that swingers or people when they go to clubs, it's just dirty and it's a it's a breeding ground for transmitting uh, STIs. Um, we find that to be completely untrue. Uh, there's also been research studies done uh, done in the US about this where. Um, people who are in the non-monogamous lifestyle, I, uh, the swinging or polyamory or open, 
overall have a better uh, understanding of sexual health and what they need to do to protect themselves than mm. people in the just the conventional quote unquote monogamous lifestyle. I say quote unquote because a lot of relationships out there claim to be monogamous. However, one or two of the people involved are uh, behind going the train. behind the other yeah. yeah going behind someone else's back and sleeping with other people. So it's all just a bit of a and not using protection and then things like this and believing that you know oh, I can just take some antibiotics or whatever and it'll fix me all you know but who cares it's that we're finding that it's a um, there's a cultural change in the way especially young people are thinking about sexually transmitted infections it's like they're not as conscious of it um, but we find that people in the lifestyle they're all very because we're going in knowing that we're going to be sleeping with you know more than one person possibly on any given night um or you know in a week or whatever that you want to do what you can to protect yourself and protect those that you're playing with because you know nobody wants to be sick and nobody wants to make anyone else sick that'd be a horrible feeling to have so that's one myth that we like to dispel is there um Jess a type of person like you know I said the perverts before but I'm being more specific now like is there a demographic a race an age a specific type of career person that enjoys do you see more of one demographic than any other um I mean, given that it is a bit of a luxurious sort of lifestyle, if you come to the club every weekend, we do find a lot of people who are attending are white-collared professionals with expendable funds um, and generally people who either have kids that are older, so, you know, um, can either have a babysitter or can be looked after by one of the other siblings or don't have kids just yet. Um, given you are using, you know, time on your weekend to go out and hang out together with other couples, um, kids can obviously not be as easy to manage. Um, I, I do also find it's couples who have either been in relationships um, for maybe five plus years um, or um, couples who have um, either been married for 10 plus years as well. What, Lawrence, is the hardest part of the business to manage? And Jess, you're welcome if you have another insight to add. Hmm, the hardest part, let's see. The hardest part, I think, when it boils down to it, is managing customer expectations. Because um, as you as, as you know yourself and you're asking a lot of questions and you, you don't know what, what is supposed to happen on the other side of that door, what you're going to be expecting or what to expect. Um, you know, most people, we do our best to give them a pleasant surprise. They walk through and they go, wow, it's, it's, it's beautiful in here and everyone's so nice. Um, some people expect different things. Like some people do think that it is, you come in, you take your clothes off, you start, you grab someone that you like and have sex with them. Um, and you have to give them the, the stern word that that's not to happen. And they get upset at that. And, you know, they, then they're still your customer and then you've got to treat them with respect, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that people have in their minds that you're trying to deal with, especially when we're, we're dealing with people who are new to the lifestyle. Couples come with such high expectations sometimes that when you um, don't get lived up to those expectations, it's easy to blame either the venue or the people that ran the party. If the couple comes in or, you know, a single person comes in and they don't find anyone they particularly like or connect with and they have a bad night, that's still on us. 
So, and it's, it's hard for us to, we feel bad mm. for them. And then, you know, they might take, they might rant and rave and carry on. And it's like, you're getting upset with them because they're getting upset with you for something you can't control, but you have to, you know, I have to try and empathize with them. You know, all you can do is say, try again. It's just, you know, it's, there's no guarantees. It's like, it's, and it's hard to, you know, that's hard in the moment to, to tell someone that, but you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Do your families, we'll start with you, Jess, do your families know about um, the work you do and the lifestyle you choose to live? Uh, yes, my family does. Um, so my mom and my dad both know and my sisters know as well. Um, I've had my sisters come in to the club, obviously not to participate, but just to support um, when I've had events on, um, which has been like an all-girls event and I've wanted, you know, my sisters' support. Um, so yeah, they definitely know, and they're obviously very supportive of it. Wow. And you, Lawrence? Uh, yeah, uh, everyone knows we have a fairly public profile, but it's also a thing of, um, I had to tell my family because how do you explain away the time? It's like, what are you doing every weekend? Why can't you come and see us? <laughs> so if yes. there had to be, a, there had to be an understanding of what we we're actually doing. I mean, my family is supportive, you know, um, uh, my my parents have never been the ones to try and dictate to me how I should live my life. Um, and, you know, they've visited the club, obviously not when it's open, just to see what it's, <laughs> how it looks. And mum will come along and check the quality of the sheets and make sure towels aren't fraying <laughs> and saying, you're charging a lot of money. You've got to make sure your quality is up to standards. So. Yeah. She's very good at making sure everything is safe as well. She was like, are these yeah. stairs um, the correct height? Um, have you checked this with the fire? Um, your fire control and I'm like wow yeah. can I see your insurance policy I want to <laughs> yeah she, it's, it's good knowing that we have that support from them as well has made it much easier because like there is no frowning upon and especially if it's coming from you know your closest people your family um it does make our job and our lives a lot easier for us to also be so motivated to con- like continue doing what we do have you faced judgments then from other parts of your life yeah, hundred um, <laughs> percent. It's such a new lifestyle for a lot of people. Um, especially, I probably got a lot of judgment when I was young um, because I started the club with Lawrence when I was twenty-one. So I was, you know, all my friends around me were, you know, going out and partying and they were enjoying the nightlife and. They were like, well, why are you starting up this business and why would you allow um, Lawrence to have sex with other people and why do you want to sleep around? Like, don't you just want that monogamous lifestyle? Um, so it took, I guess, a lot of um, understanding and explaining to my friends um, and then sort of, you know, I did lose a few friends over that because they just didn't understand that I didn't want to be monogamous. Um, and, you know, people are judgy because we are kind of judgy humans in general. So... It was hard, but I mean, it's good as well because it builds up your strength and your understanding of what the lifestyle is. So when people do judge you, um, you have a better understanding. Be like, no, this is why I do it. Um, and if they judge you, that's on them. Have you ever had anyone famous in there? Um, <laughs> we cannot you, say. I was going to say, I was like, are we even allowed to say that? <laughs> you can say yes, but not the name if you want. I'll just say yes. But to like say we haven't had an A-list Hollywood celebrity. Come <laughs> oh yes, if that's what people want. No, we haven't had that. 
Margot Robbie has not graced us with her presence yet. I'm working <laughs> on <yet>. it. Because <laughs> I'm thinking that would be like everyone would be drawn to that person just to say that they did it, right? Correct. Yeah, it would be. Yes. I mean, I'm Describing. sure they, the, these Hollywood A-listers, they're having these sex parties, but they're doing it with each other in their own uh, Hollywood Hills <laughs> mansions. Okay. Um, <laughs> any regrets from the two of you? No. No, nothing. No, this is, we're having a great time. We have a, a, a wonderful business and we're happy working on it and growing it ourselves. And I could, I don't, at the moment I couldn't ask for anything else. Yeah. Wow. And we have such a great network of friends. Like some of our closest friends have come because of the club. Um, so some of the friends that we hang out with, they're basically like family for us. I have a great business idea, and if you go through with it, I want 20%. <laughs> sure. Um, have you ever thought of a rub and rub for ladies? Like yes. a, oh, okay. Well, Lawrence we talked about this the other week where I was going to be the, the star attraction. <laughs> oh, that's right. After you gave me a neuro massage. I do remember this, actually. Remember, I gave a couple of people a neuro massage, and I was like, you should you charge did. money for this. <laughs> What kind of massage? Neuro. Neuro. So it's, it's a type of it's a type of massage gel. It's developed in Japan. It's like this super silky, slippery massage gel. It's but it's water based. It's not oil based. Um, it feels great. It's, yeah. That's all I can say. If you, if any of you to your listeners, get get out there and get yourself neuro massage. I am available at the club on Friday <laughs> to Saturday night <laughs> for massages. Because that is for like massages. I'm telling you what that is a business idea for women to book in somewhere discreet, get a massage with a little happy ending, with mm. no strings attached. She might, you know, no penetration if she doesn't want it. Like what? What a gift. Yeah, yeah, I would be down for it um, because I like we've talked about this before as well, where Lawrence um, has gone to like massage parlors where they have the happy endings. And I'm like, I want to come like I get yeah. so envious going. Well, I, but it's also like you go to these places and the girls are like, well, we don't do couples or we don't do girls because I think girls get a bit afraid of like, how do I play with a girl? How do I you know give her pleasure? Unless they've been with a girl before, they're like, how do I offer that? Whereas I feel like men are a little bit easier. Um, yes. So, yeah, if, if we could find a place like that, I'd be so down to trial and test that. That's our new business venture. Um, we'll have like a, a, a menu of lovely men of different races and lovely women of different races will have different queer options. And then everyone can like choose from the menu so mm. you know what you're going in for and then – You've already picked your extras, you know, to end. That I do. It'll be perfect. That's a great idea. <laughs> Final question, you two, one at a time. We'll start with Jess. Who are you when no one's watching? I am the exact same as I always am when people are watching me. I try not to change myself at all. So I'm loud. I'm apparently, bummed. apparently you dance a little more than anyone else sees. So uh, Jess yeah. used to be a I... professional dancer. <laughs> I do I do like dancing um Lawrence has been begging me for a bit of a lap dance and I've been refusing him quite a bit not a Um, lap dance I just want to see your your you just want to see me dance (laughs) I'm definitely a dancer and a really terrible singer um behind closed doors but other than that I'm still the exact same I'm very outgoing um very adamant of what I'm doing and very strong personality and Lawrence who are you when no one's watching um, hmm. I, 
I should have been thinking about my answer while you were answering this, sorry. I <laughs> am essentially the same. I'm probably a little bit more broody than I am. I put on a – people think I'm moody and broody when I'm with people. You should see me when I'm on my own. <laughs> it's not I like It's this. not moody per se, though. Like, Lawrence has a very um, – very bitchy, um, relaxed face. Like, you know how there's, like, everyone has a bitch face? Lawrence has a very big bitch face. Yes, resting yeah. bitch face. Yes. And looks, that's, that's looks very Lawrence. angry, apparently. Um, it does. But he's generally 99% of the time not angry at all. Guys, this has been such a delight. I thank you so much for sharing your world with me. I mean, if I wasn't knocked up, I mean, I don't know, you probably have some pregnant women attend. Yep, they do come along. <laughs> it's actually quite a fetish. People love um, pregnant women. Wowie, wowie. I've got to tell my husband. Um, I just, I think it's beautiful to have a conversation that potentially will open the eyes of others to things that they might want to try. So I really appreciate the work you're doing and your honesty today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's the Deep. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you'll hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.